It's Monday, uh, February 22nd, 21st. 21st. I meant to say 21st, 2022, but there's a lot of twos in there. you got to remember to put two, the one in. Two, one, two, yeah. zero, two, two. We're brought to you by Mountaintop <laughs> Media. We're brought to you by Mountaintop Media. And uh, we want to make sure that everybody understands that we're looking for uh, uh, sponsors and always uh, to help us with the programming uh, here uh, in the radio as well. We're a 501c3. All donations are tax deductible. We'll write media in the reference line if you send us a check yep. uh, to our address at 14421 Old Oregon Trail, Sweet B, Redding, California, 96003. And our you can phone always, number? Yeah, is 530-221-0101. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, tew, tew, uh, Facebook, tew. they get they get one spit. Uh, and I think everybody's going to be fleeing those platforms pretty soon. We're on Rumble as well. And, uh, you know, I, Facebook yeah. is censoring everything and everybody, and so is YouTube. It's getting to the point of, uh, you know, being re- ridiculous. So uh, so that's, that's why uh, we're doing the pew every time we say their name. But if you go to mountaintopmedia.com, yep. you can always get the podcast there. All right, uh, we want you to hit the like button, uh, get this out there. You know, uh, it pleases the god of algorithms, I guess, in all these platforms so that we get uh, more people watching, more informed people out there is what we're looking for. Uh, and smash, I, we've got to come up with something, you know, besides smash. Smash the bell. Smash the bell, kick gonna, the bell, punch the bell, something. So you, you know. like, share, and smash the bell. Right. <laughs> and get it out there to everybody. So, so punch the button. Kick the share <laughs> and slap the slap the bell. Slap the bell. Slap the Be bell. happy. I like that. There you go. Be happy. Uh, so we're here, and uh, we have a couple of special guests. We've, uh, we've got Brian Caples, who's running for Shasta County Superintendent of Schools, and we have Arthur Gorman. And I'm not sure what he's running for, if anything, at this point. He might be. Maybe someday. 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 Yeah, we'll get him in here. But he's an expert on adverse reactions with child uh, uh, experiences. effects, experiences, yeah. and so forth. Before we get started, let's play. We always have uh, our music first, and we'll play two minutes of this music. And this is very unusual. Uh, this is Jordan Peterson, of all people, wrote a song right after uh, Trudeau uh, basically said uh, – you know, he uh, he was the son of Hitler, and uh, well, they were arguing over whether he was the illegitimate son of Hitler or or uh, Castro. 
because he looks a he lot like Castro for like some him. reason. I yeah. mean, well, hmm. they've been pulling pictures up side by side. We got to see if we can get those guys <laughs> to pull one up about halfway through. Uh, and it's like, wow, it's it's a little uncanny, you know. You go, whoa, you know, maybe he is related to Castro. But Jordan Peterson, as we know, is a psychologist. Uh, you know. Uh, Top of his field. I mean, I think the guy's absolutely brilliant. You know, twelve. Uh, I've read several of his books, and I listen to his podcasts and so forth. And I really like what he has to say. But he wrote, he wrote this song, and you're like, Jordan Peterson wrote a song. Go ahead and play it. It's kind of weird, but it's actually pretty good. <laughs> needed in a time like this yeah i mean and you know this is like obviously directed at canada he's a canadian and mm-hmm. you know trudeau and canada and the people and the children i guess it's uh, very haunting yeah but uh i think maybe it actually was sort of appropriate for our conversation uh, yeah. on the kids stuff so let, let's uh, start with brian and, and running for uh the uh Chess county uh, superintendent of schools brian caples and uh you're right are you who are you running against brian the incumbent, uh, uh, Judy Flores. Judy Flores. Right, right. She's been in for oh five years or so. She was appointed to the position, I think, five years ago. Does she have any experience in this stuff at all? Uh, well, she's an <laughs> educator. Uh, she's been an educator, as far as I know. I've never, I've never met her. Um, 
As far as I know, she was a teacher. Um, after a teaching career, she was uh, appointed to a position in a district office as a curriculum director. Mm. And then from there, she was appointed to the county office of education as a curriculum director. And then when our last uh, county superintendent of schools left in the middle of his term, she was appointed to the position. So she's never been elected to any of the positions, really. She's been appointed, correct? Originally, she was appointed. And then uh, last election, uh, roughly four years ago, she ran, but she ran unopposed. Unopposed. So So she she was elected technically. Right. She was elected. She was elected. And I think that's one of the problems that I've had and that I see is that, you know, she really has no experience for the position. And then you can see what happens when you put someone in a position like that and they really don't have the experience uh, to to be able to do it, especially in times like we're living in now. Right. Um, Right. Well, I don't, I don't want to dwell on her too much, but uh, I just kind of wanted to, because I had listened to something you were saying the other day, and I didn't get the full gist of it. But uh, but uh, let's go on. Let's talk about your history. So what are you, like a surfer dude from Southern California or something? <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd go that far. I grew up in Southern California, uh, Ventura, California. Uh, surfed a little bit. I was more into sports. I was more into baseball and basketball and uh, more traditional sports. Um, went to uh, Cal State Northridge, graduated from Cal State Northridge, and uh, met my wife. Uh, we were boyfriend and girlfriend at the time down there and uh, went to school together, actually met at school and uh, couldn't wait to move up north. Uh, her family had come up here for years. I'm talking like in the 50s and the 60s. They right. would come up here and spend their vacations at the lake. They'd come up for a week at a time, two weeks at a time. So when I met my wife, I was in my early 20s and that's how I started spending my vacations. They invited me to come mm. and I couldn't believe how beautiful it was up here. Right? Yeah, it, most of the people in different world. It's it is it's it's yeah. Northern California and Southern California could easily like night be and day. two different states. Yeah. Yes. Easily be two yeah. different states. Well, we're working on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there, I, I've heard about a little movement going on over the last few years. Yeah, it's just a little. Yeah. So uh, we uh, couldn't wait to move up here, right? And so I graduated from college, and we thought, well, what a wonderful, you know, what if we could get jobs in Reading, and we could actually, you know, it'd be like we're on vacation, right? right. Where we're living. My wife loves to ski. Uh, I have four kids; they all love to ski now too. But uh, my wife grew up skiing, you know, learned how to ski when she was four or five. Right. So that's in her blood. So I, uh, we were lucky enough, I had, uh, after I'd finished my credential and uh, went through college, she, uh, we had applied for a position here at, uh, and had been offered the position at Pacheco Elementary School uh, right here in town off of Knighton. Had a great experience there. Just, just a wonderful experience. You were there. a principal over there, correct? There I was actually a teacher. Oh, were you? Uh, yeah, I taught, okay. I taught junior high. Um, which I think is what makes me so tough now, uh, because if you can teach junior high school, you can do anything. Uh, that's what I always tell people. If you can teach junior high, you can do anything. I didn't actually start my started my uh, my uh, administrative career uh, after I taught for five or six years. Uh, okay. When my, when we moved here, my wife and I uh, were married, and three or years or so later, my boys were born. I have twin boys. You uh, have two sets of twins, I actually correct? have two sets of twins, yes. That's kind of weird. Boy, girl, 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 boy, boy. I have two boys. Uh, just graduated from college. Uh, they're 22 years old. And my girls are will be 21 in another week. Are they all are they identical twins? My boys are identical, and my girls are fraternal. Oh, wow. So my boys look, you know, if their hair's cut the same, if they had a baseball cap on, 
you wouldn't be able to tell them apart. Right. They have a little bit different hairstyles, so you could you could probably tell them apart from that. But other than that, most people have a pretty pretty hard. One's clean shaven. One's got um, facial hair. Uh-huh. So it, that's obviously you can tell them <laughs> apart. But most people through their whole lives could not tell them apart, including uh, including their teachers and and uh, people that they knew. So it still have a hard time telling them apart. Yeah, so, they always yeah. they always think of the, the how much mischief there actually was. Right, you know? right. <laughs> and it's funny because you have a lot of fun. <laughs> my girls are fraternal, look nothing alike. Wow. Yeah, look. I don't say they look nothing alike. They look oh, like sure. sisters, but but you can definitely tell the difference between the two. Right. They're not. They're not identical. They don't. They're not. They don't look exactly alike or, or pretty close to alike. So. Well, you don't have to remember too many birthdays now. No, it's pretty easy. I just have to remember those, my anniversary. So, yeah, we've got one coming up. My girls will be uh, 21 wow. on, the, uh, on the 3rd of March. Wow, they're pretty close together. They're 22 months apart, right? When wow. My, when my boys were born, uh, well, excuse me, when my girls were born, my boys were still one years old. They had two more months to go until their second, second mm. birthday. So we had four children uh, under the age of two. And wow, <laughs> that's crazy. People, people I'm ask, sorry, that's a little crazy there. That's what everyone says. My, people say, well, how'd you do it? And I say, you're going to have to ask my wife because <laughs> she she is the one that, that, that just carried everything. I was busy working. I was busy working on my master's degree and, and getting my doctorate. She was the one at home. She was the one feeding, clothing, caring for. Uh, not, so where did you get your uh, master's and doctorate in? Uh, my uh, Both in educational administration, okay. edu- educational leadership. All right, good, good. And I wanted to do those uh, while my kids were young. So I, I finished my doctorate early 2000s, 2004 maybe, 2005, give or take a few years. Um, I wanted to do those while my children were young. Um, right. So I, did my, I got my master's degree literally while my boys were babies. Because I didn't want them to, I didn't want to miss anything. I didn't want to miss ball games. I didn't want to miss uh, things at school, etc. So when my boys were born, I, I'd finish my when my right about the time my girls were born, I finished my master's degree, and then I started my my career in administration. And then when my right when I started my career in administration, I started my uh, doctorate program because I did the same thing with my girls. So you know, by the time my girls were three, I was already done with school and oh, wow. would, would never have to go back because there wouldn't be any more. There what what was your goal after you got uh, your your master's and your doctor, your doctorate? Uh, what, what 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 were you doing that for? What was it all about? Where were you headed? Well, I think there was two reasons. Uh, I, I always wanted to be a principal. I, I never really planned on being a superintendent. In fact, I really didn't even know much about the position. Right. Right. I didn't didn't really know. Most people don't. You know, everybody knows what a principal does. Everyone knows what a teacher does. But superintendent, you don't really you know really hear about what they do very right. often. So I always wanted to be a, a principal. Uh, one of the reasons why I did that, because to become a principal, you need to get an, an administrative credential. And along with that, you usually get a master's degree. You don't have to get the master's degree, but you know it's a few more classes, so most people just get the master's degree too. So I did that because I wanted to become uh, an administrator and wanted to become a principal. And I also did it because I wanted to further my education. I wanted to be an expert in my craft, right? right? I didn't just look at it as a job. You know, I looked at it more as a calling, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 to, and to do well in any facet of life, any trade, any career, well, you educate yourself. Right. And, right. and an educator really educates themselves, right? I mean, that's that's what it's all about. So it was the reasons were twofold, you know, twofold to, to do both of those things. Uh, and the doctorate, I you know, sometimes I wonder why I did that. I You know, you don't need a doctorate to... To become a superintendent or to become a, a principal, but I think I did it just my love of learning. 
Right. You know, I just wanted to learn more. And that was. I think it sounds like you had a passion for what you were doing anyway. You know, I mean, that seems to be where you're at, even in the this current uh, run at at the uh, county superintendent. Sure. I what I have a passion for is children, right? What I have a passion for is children, and one of the things I want to talk to you about today, we'll lead into that a little bit later, but is doing what's right for kids, making sure our kids are cared for, making sure they get a quality education, making sure that they're set up for the future, whether that be going to the military, uh, work in a trade, or go to a trade school, or whether it be go to college or go into the family business. They need skills so that when they mm-hmm. become adults that they, they can be successful. Right. Um, so I think that's, it's just, we, they need a well-rounded education. You know, I grew up in the 80s and graduated from high school in the mid-80s. We got a well-rounded education. I had metal shop. I had right. wood shop. Right. We even had a plastics shop. I learned how to change the oil in my this car. This was down in Ventura? <laughs> Ventura, Cal- yeah, Buena yeah. High School, right. Ventura, yeah. California. I learned how to change a, a tire on a car. I learned how to sew. You know, I always tell people, well, we don't even teach kids when they get out of high school, they don't even know how to sew a button on a shirt. Right. Well, Not anymore. I know how to sew a button on a shirt, and you know why? Because I learned how to do it at school. <laughs> Somebody of, taught me at school. One of my biggest uh, gripes or passions as well is is the kids who are coming out of school with zero financial education. They don't know how to balance a checkbook. You know, they don't know how to, you know, they don't know how what what's going to entail on filing a tax return. I mean, they're clueless, you know, uh, reading a balance sheet or a P&L. I mean, so, so I'd like to see that incorporated in their education so that they don't come out, you know, in, under a mountain of student, you know, first thing they do is, you know, uh, get a, under a mountain of student debt. Uh, and I think that's uh, a failure of the education system right now. I, I couldn't agree more. And I was going to say, let's just call it financial literacy, right? Whether it's home literacy, whether it's a, a mortgage interest, buying a house, right. student the, the the student loan credit score. Thank you. The student yeah. loan crisis in our country is criminal. Yes, it is. The way they they push student loans on kids. You can go to junior college. We have. I, I've said it a million times. You'll hear me say this again and again. We have one of the best junior colleges in the whole country right here in our own backyard. What, uh, what uh, Simpson? Uh, uh, Shasta, um, Shasta Junior College. Shasta. Yeah. Oh, okay, I see. Right, yeah, the right. junior college. And the reason why I say that is because you can go to school there for the first two years free. doesn't cost you anything. Oh. So when you go away to college and you pay thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year to go away to college, you're paying for an experience. Right, you're paying for the dorm experience. You're paying paying for that 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 life, and, and it's criminal that kids come out of uh, come out of college with fifty, sixty, a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. Well, well we, I don't think that it is uh, explained to them, or they know how the system works. They just figure everybody, oh, you got to go to college, and that's the only well, way that you're ever going to get anywhere in life is go to college. And everything. They don't look at the money cost or why they're going to college or what they're going to do when they get think, out of college I or think, any of that. I think that should be number one debt management, whether it's credit cards, whether it's because, you know, the saying in the Bible is the rich ruleth over the poor. We were just talking about this yeah. earlier. The rich ruleth over the poor and this borrower is servant to the lender. They put you in debt slavery. And I don't think these people or these kids understand uh, how long that lasts. I've seen guys $100,000 in debt. I'm a tax consultant, a business consultant. They're paying these things off when they're 40 years old still. Yep. Yeah, if, they if, don't if, understand yeah. at all. And then they get out and they get overwhelmed a lot of times because they don't have the know-how or the education, or let me rephrase that, the proper education so that, so would, that they know what 
real life is. That would be my input. What would your what would your solution be to just start a class? I mean, what would you do? Well, let's let's even take it a step further. How to invest the money that you do have. Right? Right? Investing a few dollars today pays off dividends in 40 years. Absolutely. You don't right. need to invest tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you put $50 a week or, or $100 a month away over 40 years, you're talking several hundred thousand dollars at the minimum, I'm sure. Right? Yeah, have well, to right. dollar cost averaging in and yeah. then picking, that's a whole other ball of wax, right, pick, right. picking what type of investments and so right, right. forth. Yeah. But even a modest investment in a mutual fund, just, just put 401ks, right? right? Making sure right. you max those out, those types of things. We don't teach any of that stuff right. to our right. kids. And it's just a practical practical skills that you need to, to learn as an adult. Uh, you know, how to fry an egg, <laughs> right? How to cook your own dinner. Right. So what, what, you don't just put it in the microwave yeah, right. and push the buttons and ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. It's all good. So it really, it really. I mean, financial literacy. We are, we are committing a crime if we don't teach our kids about those things, and we're not. We're not doing it. Um, some schools are doing it probably to to a minimal degree, but those kids should come out of school, as adults at, at the age of eighteen should come out knowing certain things. Yes. Yeah, they should. Right. We we have standards for English. We have standards for math. We have standards for science. There are no standards for financial literacy. Right. Right. How does credit card interest work? Right. So is a twenty three percent interest rate good? Right. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. Right. It, well, it all depends on how you. If look you're at in it, Chicago and your name is Vito, right? right. <laughs> For, right what side of that? What side of the coin are you it, on? Exactly. Where are you? <laughs> so, what made you decide to throw your hat in this ring as superintendent? I think the first thing that really, really, I mean, it was basically retired. Right. I was retired. I always called myself semi-retired. I'll probably never really retire, but I was semi-retired. And uh, I think what really the the very first thing that I, that bothers me is is the masking of the kids, right? It's been two years, right? Right. It's, let's not kid each other. It's been two years. These kids are still being forced to wear masks at school. They're still uh, teachers and uh, administrators and, and school personnel are, are still having to test every week. Some some of them more than once a week uh, for it's, symptoms. It's ridiculous. Of COVID. I mean, you look at what happened to the Super Bowl. You got seventy thousand people down there not wearing their masks, but your right. kids need to. Right, right. Exactly. And, the, and the money that we waste on that, you know, those tests aren't cheap. Right. So why why wouldn't we spend that money for kids to go on field trips? Why wouldn't we spend that kids uh, that money on buying more library books, right? We're wasting it. It, it, it. I have a very big problem with wasting taxpayer money. Well, big farmers involved in that. I mean, mm. we already know at the start of this that Governor uh, Mussolini down there in Sacramento, uh, first thing he did was buy $90 billion mm. or a contract with China for masks. Mm. I mean, right. you know, so there's money at the end of this. There's and So I think we should cut out the whole thing. And I don't want, don't get me started, you know, because <laughs> we don't, we do want to get to Arthur here. It's not Arthur, it's author. I know right. that. <laughs> and uh, so we want to talk about the adverse reactions of the kids. But before we do that, I got one other question. What does a superintendent do? Well, the superintendent of the county is, is a, a different position than a superintendent of a school district. Okay. Right. A school district superintendent is appointed or, or hired, contractually hired by a, okay. a, a school board to work and oversee and run everything of the school district, the day-to-day operations. They have their own staff, assistant superintendents, principals, etc. The county superintendent is a the, the duties is an elected physician, first of all. The duties of the county superintendent are, are are based on legislation. So they're 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 legislated in the California legislature. 
Um, and a lot of, there's there's tons of them, but a few of them that are important are they oversee the academic progress of the school districts that they see and oversee in their county. They oversee the uh, financial aspects and the financial stability of the uh, school districts. So in, you're in charge oh. of spending and curriculum to maybe put it a little easier? Uh, well, oversight, I should oversight. say. Because their individual boards, their individual board members, usually school districts have five board members in California. Some have three, some have seven. Most of ours here in, in Chasta County have four. Uh, excuse me, five. Um, but oversight. So if when they put together their budgets, they would send them to the county office of education. We would look them over, make sure that they pencil out, make sure that they have stability. Because what you're do you all, have to approve I, them? We wouldn't approve. Well, approve them in the respect that you would give them your blessing. Say this is this is correct. This is this accurate. is okay to go right. and if further. It's, and if it's not, do you have any power to adjust it or anything? Like well, that? we you wouldn't give it your blessing okay. first of all, and then second of all. It has to go back to the school board for approval. So if it didn't get the approval of, of the county office, it would be very hard for a school board to approve it. I see. Because what, what we're looking at, and it's just oversight as far as that goes. We're not telling them how to spend their money. We wouldn't tell them what to do with it. But you would like consensus between the two... Uh yeah, I would want you spending it in the, that it meets the needs of the kids. Right. Um, so what we're always looking for in school districts is financial stability, not only for this year, next year, and the year after. So we're looking at three-year blocks always. Okay. We're looking. We're always looking two more years out. So can you influence, like, say, they want to teach critical race theory? Well, that's a that's a whole topic for. I could talk Another to you for, day. for 10 days on that topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, well, can you stop the funding or say, you know, if they say I'm going to spend X amount of dollars for for that, can you come back to them and say, well, maybe you shouldn't, you know, well, they allocate that much money in that department or we don't think that that's where it is the best place to spend it? I couldn't I couldn't make them do that. But what I could do, and remember, these aren't packaged. The, the program that you're buying or the book that you buy doesn't say critical race theory. Right. It might uh, be packaged as something really... Uh, exactly, right, yes. Right, we know that. Yeah. It comes under yeah. many we, headings. We probably need to shift because we're going to run out of time. We need to shift over to author here because we've got five minutes left. We might be able to go a little bit over. I'm not sure how that works, but... Uh, you know, uh, but let's probably get the conversation started on, on uh, yeah. adverse uh, child reactions, you know, physical, mental uh, uh, development, uh, you know, from the masks, that type of thing. Right. So as a medical person, as RN, we look at things differently than the education system. So when we go in, we talk about the fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. And so the kid in the example is, a let's say, a little kindergartner. <clears throat> they go to a home that's either has... Adverse experiences, their parent might be addicted to drugs, alcohol, and other things. They might be abused, neglected, whatever. But when that parent comes home, the kid is on fight or flight because they have anxiety, they have stress, the stress hormones release, uh, your adrenal glands kick out cortisol, you get a boost of steroids, your liver dumps sugar, Right. From the glucagon. Kids are being a kid is pretty stressful to begin with, right. I think, you know. And so you add those things to it, you know, your the blood supply gets shunted so that you can do work, so you're no longer getting a lot of blood supply to your brain so that you can either fight or fly away. Right. right. So that stuff is actually good when you're playing a basketball game or you're in a debate or you're actually out hunting or doing things like momentary moments of that are actually good for your body to go through. 
But it's not good to have a consistent release of that cortisol and the stress hormones and all that going on. What ends up happening is they found that there's several things, whether it's economic hardship, uh, families that have divorce or separations, kids that live with alcohol or drug problems, uh, being a victim of violence or witnessing violence in the community, living with someone that has mentally uh, ill or having suicide in the family, uh, witnessing domestic violence, a parent that's in jail. Wearing masks at school. Wearing masks at school, right? But they developed this ten, the list of 10 criteria, and it was all before COVID and before fires and before natural disasters. But Kaiser Permanente did this thing back in 2009 to 2013. And they put it together, and they said, well, if you meet one of those, that counts as one. But the kids that actually met four of those criteria – they ended up having uh, adverse effects in their childhood where they couldn't. What, what would those effects be? What kind of so we talked would... about that they the the blood gets shunted from the brain, the frontal cortex, where you're right. doing reasoning and rationalization. So if they their fuse is really short, so in the classroom, the kid walks by the desk and they think they're it's a threat to them, so they're in fight or flight. So they're either going to run away, hide, or they're going to push their friend. So then they I end see. up getting disciplined at school. Because they're violent. So yeah. attitude problems. And so you get yeah. impulse. So the impulse behavior is off the chart. So when there's a little kid, maybe they're eating too much and they're overeating, right? Because there's no impulse control. If they had food, they're going to eat it because that comforts them. When they get into adolescence or junior high, they have access to sex, drugs, alcohol. So addiction becomes a problem. Uh, as they grow, get up older and they're able to do things, now crime becomes a problem. They just don't have the ability to reason or have rationalization. So there's a lot of easy steps that medically you could do and some policies you could put into place with working with education, public so, health, and so HHS. So that kind of feathers into Brian here a little bit then because – you, our guys, are obviously collaborating here on some of this stuff. Which policies could possibly be implemented by Brian at the at the uh, level of uh, uh, for the schools to adopt? So currently, the school system actually, since 2012, has been implementing this by doing trauma informed training, toxic stress training. Adverse childhood experience training. So all the like education people. This is something well, that this, this is, is but familiar. that's for the teachers. That's for the teachers. So as a as a public policy, what they're trying to do in communities, even the Surgeon General is trying to do this, is make people trauma aware by bringing in like a protocol saying if that child in the kindergarten class is misbehaving, uh, we can escalate. And maybe they do an IEP meeting where they talk about behaviors. And if, oh, well, this person obviously has behaviors, uh, what we can do is we can bring that parent in and maybe an outside psychologist and we can actually equipment, equip them with tools maybe cognitive behavioral therapy and saying, this is what's going on in the home. We want to give you the tools to deal with a stressful situation. Some things that are, are easy. I think, I think some of that actually works because I've actually been through a few of those. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we were raising our grandkids, all three of them, and uh, we've had some issues. I think the, you know, part of it has been maybe some uh, vaccine uh uh, adverse reactions from being children. I mean, right. they got the first ones, you know, when they slam you with everything under the sun exactly. before we had control over it, you know? And so there's, I think there's some behavioral well, I, issues. And I think it has to be properly right. um, put into the system correctly. Right. Otherwise, it could uh, do more damage than good. Right. Well, I had, exactly. I had, we had pretty good uh, uh, 
I, I kind of like that cooperation between the teacher, the psychologist, because they do give us, they did give us some ideas right. that maybe help. Yeah. So. And the biggest thing they do, and they're all free, they found out that decreasing stress in your life is somewhat easy. And they gave like a really good, cheap, and easy free way to do Someone it. Someone write me a million dollar check. My stress is gone. Is right. It? <laughs> no, they said quality of sleep. If you got eight hours right. of sleep, right. your stress level is down. Uh, if you get eat a balanced nutrition, your stress say, level, food. if you're out getting physical activity. This sounds like common sense right. uh, it, somewhere here. It's free. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and it doesn't take a lot of effort to accomplish no, but, it at all. But some people just don't have those tools to where that someone. Well, tells they them, don't think about it yeah. until somebody says to exactly. them, "Maybe you need to look at this part of your life." Well, it could be that some of the parents haven't been raised with a routine. I think what we're talking well, about here is kind of a routine. You go to right. sleep at a certain uh, time. You get up at a certain time. You, you know, you have meals at a certain time. You go to school. You get exercise. That type of thing. And I think yeah. some people are out of whack. You know. Maybe the parents are staying up till two o'clock in the morning, and then they can't, you know, get their kids up, or something's out of out of place there. Right, and that's where the collaboration between the parent, the school, and the healthcare workers and the psychologists—we can work as a community, right. and we can decrease these things. And when they've used it as a community model, they've actually had graduation rates increase, truancy decrease. Uh, suspensions decrease because now the parents, the family, the community actually have tools and they're working together to be, create a better community. Right. And it's then, not a constant fight. It's not a constant battle whether you're the kid or the parent or the teacher. Right. You're kind of all on the same even page and, and get it. And then we had COVID. Right. <laughs> well, I think that's why it's so important right now because right now, you know, for example, at the county level of, of the, the schools that are current county superintendent overseas, their graduation rate went down last year almost 20%. That's a lot. Not 2%, not 12%, almost 20%. I believe it was 19 point something. So right now we need these strategies that the author's talking about more than ever. Yes, I agree. Um, and it really needs to be front and center of what we do. Right. It needs to be just as important about talking about math, uh, learning about English, learning about financial literacy, and those things that we talked about earlier. This has a, a psychological and physical well-being really has to become number one. And I'm just not sure that it's been a priority over the last few years for our I leaders. think there's been a lot of priorities, but I don't think that the priority has been the kids' focus yeah, okay. from the administrative uh, uh, people involved in this mm -hmm. thing. You know, I mean... Uh, masking no matter what, uh, vaccines pushed no matter what, you know, kids being isolated or, or, or uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, doxxed, if you will, uh, if they don't follow those protocols. I don't, I don't think they've looked at the well-being of the children for quite a while, and at least, actually. Uh, it's been more of, from the teacher standpoint, how it works for them, right. not the children. Exactly. Well, and no one's listening to parents. Right? And that too, right? I mean, yeah. I've been to school board meeting after school board meeting. They don't want to listen to parents. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's, it, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that's just not right. Right. Parents are in charge. The parents will be the ones that decide whether they uh, get a vaccine or not. The parents should be the ones to decide, and the child, whether they want to wear a mask or not. Um, it's just our, our, child, our children and our kids in, the, in our schools all over the world, not just here, have been traumatized yes. by this. I don't know how many people I've met just over the last few months that says, well, my kids don't even go to public school anymore. 
We're just we're just opting. We out. pulled them. I mean, you have at some point in time, you gotta you gotta say, am I gonna continue to do this? If you, right. if we can get out of it, I mean, obviously some parents don't have right. that that option. But what do you think the long term effects of just wearing the mask are? You know, I mean, facial recognition stuff. I right. mean, well, we've already seen problems in uh, the early developmental health with uh, speech therapy. Speech? Right. The kids aren't able to see the words. They're not able to form the words. They can't hear the words. And so now we have a whole generation of kids in that early childhood education portion that they aren't meeting their standards for reading. And if you can't read, then how are you going to do math and science and history? Well, and you, if things? you can't read, you can't do anything. Right, right. You know, you have to be able to read to do anything with well, that's accomplishment. When, when we were a kid, I mean, yeah. I, I remember my mother saying over and over and over again, if you can read, you can do anything. And it was really true. That was That's sort of the gateway to all the rest of the, uh, you know. Yeah, if you truly uh, read and comprehend, then you can. Disciplines. Yeah, you can figure it out no matter what it is in life. Yeah, bake a cake. Well, I've always, something I've always told my, my teachers and my staff members as an administrator is that, you know, in grades kindergarten through, let's say, two or three, you learn to read. Right. Right. Well, in grades four through 12, you read to learn. Right. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. let's face it, exactly what you just said. And I, I'm deaf in one ear. I can't hear. I have a medical condition that, that caused me to go deaf in one ear. I, if you have a mask on, not only can I not hear you, I can't read your lips. Yeah, you so have I, no I, idea. Right, you have right, no reference. Right. I can read lips. Right. right? I, I, can, I can read your lips. I, but, I can't hear yeah. my wife uh, when she's speaking Anyway, yeah. <laughs> right, right. So you need to learn to read lips, yeah. Right. So, and, and, and so it's not just kids, right? It's adults. But you can read sign problems. language. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, I, I think and, you know. You asked me earlier why why I'm doing this. You yeah. Know, I I got to be honest with you. I would rather go play golf. Yeah. I would rather garden, grow vegetables in my yard. I would rather spend time with my wife and my kids. But I think the need. I've just seen such a need and, and a lack of leadership. Um, in our community of administrators and superintendents not standing up for our kids, it's time someone decided to do it. You know, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but you don't hear anybody saying that. No. no. I'm the only one that people hear saying that. And I just don't understand why we're not putting the needs of the kids first. I, it, it's it's Well, hasn't, has, hasn't everybody kind of been going along with Health and Human Services down at the county? Isn't, right. that, isn't that what's been happening? The teachers, oh. the, the mantra is whatever Karen right. Randstrom says is good to go because she's following Dr. Fauci. I think that's all going to change pretty quickly here. Right. Uh, but but I think that's been up to this point because I didn't even know who the, uh, the county superintendent was until, uh, you know, this whole thing started. I, I think that's part of the problem. One of the mm -hmm. one of the complaints that I get or that I hear from the community is that they don't even know who she is. They didn't even know it was a position. Right. You know? So the, the complaint is, you know, she'll show up for a photo op and get her picture taken and then leave. So not go into the classrooms, not not meet people, not shake hands. Uh, and I'm not saying she's a bad person or that she's, she's you know. But I just, she's not engaged I, with anybody. I just don't think she understands how important leadership and leadership skills are and what it takes to become a good quality leader. You know, um, like I, I said, she was a curriculum director before she took over this position. Right. Well, that's great. But, you know, even as a curriculum director, you're... Your, your test scores are, or, you know, your graduation rates are down 20%. So I even have to question that. Well, I think that some of this is going to be the parents getting involved as well, too, especially at the school board meetings, because if the people are not going to listen to the parents, 
like you were saying, then the parents need to make them listen to, make them listen to, get involved, take over these school boards, uh, get people elected to these school boards so that they can have an effect, not just uh, everybody turn a blind eye and uh, a deaf ear so that uh, the parents are irrelevant. I think that's been happening for a long time, but I think it's changing. I was going to say, if there's anything good to come out of the mask and all of this is the parents now know what's going on in school. They know what's going on with their children where maybe they didn't know how serious well, at th- some of these issues are now? Well, a lot of it, too, is when it first started and everybody's doing distance learning, you know, you're going through and you're like, they're teaching you what? You know? That, 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 that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. uh, right. I know the time went really fast. How did they get a hold of both of you if you want to put your information out there and all of that? Sure, yeah. sure. Go you, for it. Yeah, any last thoughts? You can follow uh, our campaign on uh, our website is uh, votebriancaples.com, V O T E. B-R-Y or I, A-N-C-A-P-L-E-S dot com. You're um, on Facebook as well? Uh, yeah, we're on Facebook, Elect Brian Caples. Uh, on the website, we've got a fundraiser coming up next month on the 26th yeah. at the uh, VFW in okay. Anderson, an auction, raffle, Dill's Deli's doing the food. So as I always say, you can never go wrong with Dill's Deli when, when they're catering an event. Uh, we've got some other stuff coming up. Every Friday, I meet, um, I do what's called Coffee with Capel. So every Friday, I'll be in a different coffee shop uh, any, somewhere around the county. And those will all be oh, posted. Oh, that's cool. Up. Right, right. Yeah. We, we, we post those on, on Facebook and uh, I think on our website too. And so this week, this Friday, I'll be at uh, From the Hearth uh, on Churn Creek, the the south side of Churn Creek, uh, 2650, I think. Um yeah, oh, right, over right there field. by AutoZone. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. At, at that location from 8 to 10 in the morning. Uh, if anyone wants to stop by and say hi, talk, chit-chat, talk about a certain topic, I'll be there for those couple of hours. Awesome. Um, so I just want to make myself available to the community. A phone right? number? Uh, don't We don't we don't put uh, but, out phone uh, numbers because yep. you'd be shocked that there's actually one or two people out there that... that don't like me and say nasty things about me. So we don't we don't want them to give them the opportunity. I've had to well, block a few people. We on understand my that. Yeah. We don't give our cell numbers yeah, out either. Jeez. And you want to give any contact information or less thoughts? Yes. Well, the the biggest thing is that health and human services and public health have been uh, responsible for educating the community about ACEs. Adverse childhood experiences, right. and most people don't even know what that is. And the study concluded in 2013, so we were talking about a decade of work that's been put out that educators been informed of, and us as community members don't even know what it is. And wow. us as uh, medical providers are just getting in the game and saying, "Why didn't anybody tell us about this?" And then ha- human. HHS and public health is like, we've known the whole time. It's yeah, a, there's no excuse yeah. for it, though, because they but we're not going to tell yeah. you anything. They yeah. haven't been communicating. So my biggest thing is, as a community, we need to hold those people responsible, and yes. we need to call them and say, hey, we want to be involved, and we want our community to be healthy. So give us the tools we need, and uh, we need to put people in positions that will help us. How do we get a hold of you? You can find me on Facebook. I'll respond that <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you, you. <laughs> You we can, understand uh, about giving yeah, out phone numbers. You, you, so. you don't. You don't want to come and see me at work because uh, I work at the hospital. So you're probably either sick or dying. So you don't want to come visit me there. But uh, I'm available. I'm usually at the Freedom Coalition on Thursday nights. Nice. 
And uh, that's at 6 p.m. If you private at, message at me on 2570 South Bonneview. Facebook, mm-hmm. I will probably respond. And if you want to meet, I'll meet up with you. Very All good. right. Well, All thank right. you guys for coming in. It was a pleasure. I'm sure we'll have you back again to, right. with everything going on. And the further we get, you know, closer we get to the election and uh, when you want to get out more information about what's going on, that would be great. Well, we'll see him next week, too, I believe, on uh, Sunday on the radio. Yes. Absolutely. Right. right. Yeah, right. we will be. Yep. He will be on we'll our Sunday show. Very and. good. All right. <laughs> All right. Government is not reason. It is not eloquence. It is force and force like fire. Is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. And uh, we'll see you all on the next, next podcast. Week. Very good. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Thank you.